If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winning. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You are listening to the Fangirl Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, here as always with my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. With week two of the 2019 NFL season in the books, we are talking everything from quarterback injuries to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade to Jalen Ramsey wanting out of Jacksonville and everything in between. I want to hear from all of you who listen each week. Make sure to subscribe to the Fangirl Playbook podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. One lucky reviewer will win some cool Fangirl merchandise, so make sure to screenshot your review on your Instagram story and tag at Fangirl Sports Network and hashtag Fangirl Playbook for a chance to win and be highlighted in an upcoming episode. All right, Steph, two weeks into the NFL season, so much to unpack here, so going to dive right in, and I'm going to start with your Jaguars and Jalen Ramsey. He wants out. He got in a fight or a scuffle, whatever it was, with his head coach, Doug Marone, on Sunday. That is not what you want to see on the sidelines during a game. And now he wants out, and he had plenty to say about it today. Yeah, 100%. Like, he, I mean, he had definitely something that I think that had been festering for a few, I don't even know how long. I know at one point he was actually benched because of his conduct. So maybe this is just like, you know, bleeding out. But he did not like the fact that Doug Marone didn't call or put a flag on that PI call. So it it was a bit of a scuttlebutt and it was kind of embarrassing on the sidelines at the same juncture. You know, they're losing. I think if they're winning, it's a different story. He's definitely not happy and he wants to go. He does. And and I think you're right. This had to have been festering over time. You don't get in a fight with your coach on this or you know, the sidelines over the lack of a challenge on one call in week two. So this definitely has been festering over a number of years. However, Jalen Ramsey had some things to say about Jacksonville today that I don't think were quite fair. No, I mean I, the the whole thing was he said the city's trash and I'm I'm paraphrasing now but it was like the city's trash team is trash coaches are trash I want out and when you say that about a team that's literally like supported you for so long bought jerseys have had your back when you've said so much trash to literally every quarterback. I'm not even sure where he's going to go because he he literally last year said so much trash about almost every quarterback in the NFL. 
I forgot about that where he had that article where he was ranking quarterbacks and he just had really bad things to say about all of them. I forgot about that. That is going to make some very awkward welcome to the club moments. Um, that is that is true. Trash seems to be his word. That seems to be how he describes everybody. And it's you know it's just unfortunate because I understand wanting to win and I know it's frustrating and I know last year was I a do. very frustrating season in Jacksonville, but. You know, you don't need to then say the city's trash and the fans are trash and the coach. You want out. Everyone knows you want out. I think there's a point where you can be an adult and just want out. Decorum. Decorum. Like, I mean, at some point, like, sometimes you have to leave jobs. Or sometimes it's just not fitting. You know, it's not a good fit. And you don't have to go to those extremes. But Jalen Ramsey's an extreme person. And... And I'm disappointed because I think he's really good. I mean, I think he's probably, you know, top ever. Like, he's up there, you know, as far as CBs are going to go. Um, at the same juncture, that's just a crappy thing to say. It is. It is a crappy thing to say. And it also makes me wonder, I mean, listen, somebody with Jalen Ramsey's talent, there are plenty of teams that are going to trade for him. There are plenty of teams that are going to want him. But I wonder if there will be any teams where it gives them pause and they say, you know, I don't know if I want that in my locker room because, you know, what if he gets traded to another team and now they upset him or he thinks that quarterback's trash. (laughs) Who knows? You just, you just don't know. He's like a, he's a little bit of a wild card. You know, that being said, like you said, he's one of the top corners in the game. So plenty of teams want Jalen Ramsey on their side. It's just unfortunate. It's not the way to behave. And I think even, you know, even if he'd said it right after the game, say he was interviewed right after right. the game and he said it, not that that would have been okay, but you could he say my moment. He yeah, the moment. He's now like two days later. He's already said he wants to be traded and – so it's just unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate for the Jaguars, but you know, for by the same token, they have been struggling and maybe maybe the change will be good for them too. Maybe there needs to be an energy change. I don't know. Maybe that sounds a little woo-woo, but maybe there needs to be some short sort of change. Um, I think a positive for the Jaguars is your quarterback. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more. It's been a rough couple weeks for quarterbacks. We're not very far into the season. It's already been very tough, starting with Nick Foles being injured last week. But uh, Minshew could be the real deal. Yeah, I mean, he has, I mean, that last drive, and it was a defensive game all, you know, the whole game. And I'm like, is anyone going to score? And, of course, there was a strip sack, which was never good, and they didn't recover the fumble. But – he came back, and, and that's when you really rely on a quarterback to be calm, under pressure. You know, you're under the gun. You have two minutes to literally score a touchdown or lose. And he got the team right back. All they had to do is kick their extra point. It's tied. It's going to OT. And then there was the call to go for two points. Now, I don't think it was necessarily a bad call because at some point, I mean, OT can be a crapshoot too. So I get the way they decided to go for it. And I don't think it's wrong to get your bell cow, you know, RB, especially Leonard Fournette, to go for two points. And it was just shy. And there were several replays on it, but it was never called. And it that's just how it goes sometimes in football. It 
sometimes, you know, you get it. And Marone would have been called, you know, oh, the genius. But it didn't go that way. It wasn't executed. So they lost by one. But I think the quarterback is at least a positive. Minshew looks like he, if if everything else falls into place better, if there can stop being scuttlebutts on the sidelines during games, <laughs> then I think there is confidence that they can win a few games with him uh, while Nick Foles recovers. Um, I want to talk about another trade that has happened uh, in the last couple of days. Of course, Minka Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins to the Steelers. The Dolphins are just a hot mess of a football team. I almost struggle to even call them a football team at this point. It is, it's the most obvious tanking I've ever seen. And it's just really unfortunate because these guys still have to go out and play every week and they're still going to get beat up every week. And that is just not good to see at all. But um, that being said, and that aside, Fitzpatrick goes to the Steelers who lost Ben Roethlisberger for the season on Sunday. So the Mason Rudolph quarterback era begins in Pittsburgh, but Fitzpatrick, though he does not play quarterback uh, is obviously a big bump to that defense. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that the Steelers are probably kicking themselves a little bit because they traded Dobbs to the Jacksonville Jaguars when Foles went down. And so now when their QB one goes down, they're going to have to like search for a backup so it's going to be interesting, but at the same time, I mean, you have to get your team as strong as possible because, you know, if you can get it on defense, you know, it gives it gives the offense just a little bit more of an advantage. So I think at this point, you're just doing whatever you can to win some games. Over in New Orleans, uh, Drew Brees is going to miss some time. Like I said, it's been a really tough season for quarterbacks already, and we're two weeks into the season. So hopefully... Hopefully everyone's gotten it out of their system. Uh, But Drew Brees is going to miss some time in New Orleans. He got injured in the game against the Rams the other day. Uh, That matchup that was supposed to be the rematch of the NFC Championship game. The Rams absolutely dominated that game. Um, Look good as ever, if not better than that team last year. And uh, they are still very much a force to be reckoned with. I know there was some concern in week one. But of course, we all overreact to week Mm -hmm. one every time. And they looked, they looked back to those uh, good old Los Angeles Rams the other day and just a very consistent football team. They, I'm sure they will be there late in the playoffs, if not the NFC Championship game, if not back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they definitely have the defense that is just really good. They're consistent, like you said. I think there's some question marks with Goff. I mean, he certainly wasn't the same or maybe, you know, defenses teams have figured him out a little bit but at the same time they win and they get that w and there's a lot to be said for that oh yeah 100 and that's an interesting point about golf and you know it's, it'll be interesting to see sometimes you know he had a very tough super bowl very early in his career he made it to the super bowl which was incredible but he had a very tough super bowl and i do think especially with really young quarterbacks sometimes that there can be a hangover for that for a little while right. to come and kind of getting your confidence back. Um, and these, obviously these last two games were his first two games. He really, you know, regular season games he's played since the Super Bowl. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how he reacts and bounces back. But the reality is if he plays well enough and the defense is strong and the running game stays strong and, and for golf well enough is still going to be really good. 
Um, you know, I think they'll be okay, but it will be an interesting story to watch over the next few weeks, just to see how he does, how he improves throughout the season. Um, and, uh, we'll be, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one here on the fangirl playbook. We'll definitely keep an eye on that yeah. one. Uh, how Jared Goff got his groove. Back. There you go. How Jared Goff got his groove back is going to be a fangirl playbook story. I love it. Goff's Um, I really like that a lot. So we'll be keeping an eye on that, everybody. Get excited for it. Um, continuing on the quarterback train of thought before we move into all kinds of other stories. I mean, I just can't believe how much has happened in two weeks. It's really crazy. I know. Tons. But uh, Daniel Jones will be replacing Eli Manning. The Giants announced that he will be starting quarterback this week. Uh, someone on this podcast may have kind of called that last week. Yeah, you definitely called it, Tracy. And I love that you got shut down, but you were 100% right. I was. I was right. He, I, was, I, I knew it. I could see it in the stars. You know, sometimes... Christy, exactly. It's my crystal ball. Gosh, if only, if only if I had that much power and if I had that much ability, how things would change. Um, but uh, that is a pretty big story out of New York. Uh, I saw yeah. that it probably has less to do with Eli and more to do with Daniel Jones. But listen, I think it's time for the Giants to see what they have. Yes, he's a rookie. But the Eli Manning era is done. And I think whether anybody wanted to admit it or not, it's been done for a while. So it was, I don't blame the Giants for saying, let's see what we have here. Could this guy be our guy? Because if not, they're going to have to come up with another plan for subsequent seasons. So, you know, I get it. Eli's had a good run. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's it's not bad to move forward at this point. I mean, He's he was benched two years ago. There's been some drama, lots of stuff said about it. He managed to make it through last season, but he's just not the same. He had some really good years and more power to him, but it's just time. And I I just think as much as you respect the person, the athlete, um, I I I'm so I'm a little bit surprised it took him this long, to be honest. Well, I think you're right. And I, I also wonder if it really only took them this long because the other options that they tried, they knew right. weren't going to work. And so I think maybe now they have somebody where they're saying, you know what, this guy's showing some flashes of potential. Let's see if it's, you know, reality. Um, but, you know, I think they they got to do it. And the other thing, the reason they have to do it, in all honesty, is Saquon. Because right now he's the offense and he his workload is right. enormous. And they want him to be around a while. I mean, they don't want Saquon burning out in four or five years. Right. And even though most NFL running backs, like exactly. three to five years is there, but they don't want that from him. So they got to think about that too. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of it too is, is the Giants had some really good players like OBJ that may have been able to go up and get grabs that weren't perfectly thrown, or maybe they were thrown on the outside or the inside and, not placed perfectly, and OBJ was able to cover up a little bit of that mistake and make those catches, those amazing catches. Now, um, Eli just doesn't have that help. So I think it's a little bit exposing, and they're relying a little bit more on the run game. 
They don't have as much as they did in the past. So it's definitely time on all, just always around. And it's a, you know, it's a hard thing for professional athletes and especially elite athletes. It's at some point it does end. It's hard for the player. It's hard for the team. It's hard for the fans. Um, and I imagine that, you know, your whole life has been about what an incredible athlete you are. And that's been your identity. And I think when that ends, that's really hard for a lot of people. And I imagine it will be hard for Eli. And I'm sure he would have preferred to kind of go out a little bit more on his own terms. It maybe just said, like, I'm going to retire at the end of the season. But it is what it is. It'll be interesting to see what happens in New York. We'll be following that story closely as well and see if Daniel Jones is, in fact, the real deal. I don't think that this means the Giants are going to make a run and get super hot, that they have a chance the playoffs. But it'll be interesting to see how he plays, how he responds, um, and, you know, what he brings to that offense. So I'll be excited to watch that one for sure. Um, I am continuing on the quarterback train one more and actually a different kind of story. And actually, when you talked about the two-point conversion for the Jags and how Doug Marone would have been a genius, we had that Broncos-Bears game in which Vic Fangio went for two. And then there was the delay of game. And then he went for two and he made it, which was incredible. And then he (laughs) did look like a genius. And then the Bears were able to come back in the last 31 seconds, drive down and kick a game-winning field goal, which I think they felt – you know, big redemption. They got their kicker, but I still think they have a lot to worry about under center. Mitchell Trubisky does not look great. No, he's sort of like a crapshoot. Like I, sometimes it's like he'll just throw a dime, and the next minute it's like WTF. Like I, <laughs> I don't well know. Said. You know, like and there's no, I, I don't even know how to like describe it. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, it's. It's bad, but, you know, um, the defense is good, so I'm trying to stay on the positive. <laughs> well, the, I think you're, the defense is – I mean, that defense is stellar, uh, and we've discussed before, and we have more teams in their defenses to discuss today. Defense does win championships, but they still got to score points. And right. I wonder, and maybe this is – I am not an NFL coach or GM or coordinator or any of the above – I am a reporter and a fangirl, so I say this knowing my own limitations, but this team was so obsessed with field goals, and we heard all yeah. season how they're bringing people in to kick a 42-yard field goal. Could they make it? Could they not? And it felt, from what we were hearing, now we weren't there, so I'm just going, from what we were hearing, it felt very tunnel vision, and it will be kind of interesting to watch. I know I've used the word interesting a few times, but I think it, it fits. Over the season, did they spend so much time focusing on that missed field goal? Because it wasn't even so much on – it was really on that one missed field goal. Yes, right. on they needed to find a kicker, but it was so focused on that missed field goal. Did they not take a look at what was going on under center? And I think one could make the argument that there were some poorly executed offensive plays in that game that had they been executed well, they never should have been in the position – for a missed field goal. There were a couple plays. I I just remember there were a couple passes that should have been thrown better, that should have been caught. I mean, there are things, other things that happened in that game that helped them lose that game. It shouldn't have come down to a game-winning 42-yard field goal. So we will see with the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky. He's now going into, I believe, his third season. Yeah. Are we going to see improvement? They did. They traded up for him. (laughs) And, is, and yes, and John Lynch is 
<laughs> we have the 49ers in John Lynch's first year. Um, so it'll be very, you know, it'll be a, a story to watch in Chicago because they were also playing the Broncos, who right. are not probably going to light up this season. I think they have the potential to be good. I have so much faith in Vic Fangio. He's like just such an incredible coach. So they have, certainly have the potential, but they were playing the Broncos. They were not playing, well, they, you know, they lost the Packers last week, but they're not playing the Vikings. They're not playing the Packers again. They're not, they weren't playing the Cowboys. I mean, they've got, you know, really solid teams in the NFC and AFC they're going to play. And um, so we'll see how that goes. Watching Mitchell Trubisky will be interesting. And you nailed it. Sometimes he throws a dime and sometimes, I mean, there are certain drives where I feel like you're getting the full Mitchell Trubisky experience. He'll throw a dime. He'll throw a (laughs) terrible incomplete pass. He'll scramble for 10 yards and then he can't complete like a three yard pass. So you get like the full Mitchell Trubisky experience on a single drive frequently. Uh, but I think that the Bears would like the Mitchell Trubisky experience to be a little more consistent. I, again, I'm not a coach, but I'm going out on a limb and saying that I think that's probably true. There are countless ways to keep up on what's happening in the world of sports. But how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day? Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. Now coming to the stage, Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Each morning, you'll see the best stories from around the sports world, from the NBA and the NFL to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Sports.axios.com Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Read it in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself and your time a favor. Sign up for the Axios Sports Newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally. Or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, Fangirl Playbook listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. I would be remiss if I did not bring up a certain team in the Bay Area who has had a very rough few seasons and who are now 2-0, and not just any 2-0, 2-0 on the road. The defense looks amazing. I know I'm biased. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo played much better the other day. There was the one really bad interception, but 
maybe 49ers fans just have to accept that every week there's going to be one bad interception. Maybe everyone should just accept that now and move forward. <laughs> it's not such a surprise or a disappointment or any of the things. Um, but how about those Niners? They look good, like really good. They look very good. And I'll, I'll give it to Jimmy G. I think it was a night and day performance all around. I felt like he took command. I felt like he knew what he was doing. Um, so, yeah, night and day. I mean, and I was critical of his play on the first, you know, because that first game, you know, the week one was bad. And they still found a way to win it. So you got to, like, give them props for winning it because it's if you play a bad game and you lose, then it's okay. Well, you played a bad game and you lost it. But at least they played a bad game and they found a way to win. So I think that at least they're going in the right direction and you have to give them props for that. And he was able to, you know, regroup and not let it get to him. I think that's a big thing. And I think we talked about this somewhat last week. And that is, the game against Tampa Bay is the kind of game the 49ers the last several years definitely would have lost. They would have hung in, uh-huh. they would have hung in, or they would have had a small lead and then they would have lost it. But they won oh, that like, on the road. Yeah, yeah they yeah. would have, They won this pass one on the road. They dominated the Bengals. I thought this game was going to be a lot closer. They really just, like, dominated them. 41-17, it was honestly never that close. Uh, there was a, a garbage time touchdown at the end. Now, unfortunately, they did not escape unscathed as their starting right tackle – I'm sorry, excuse me, their starting left tackle – Joe Staley broke his fibula and he is out six to eight weeks. That will affect the team because he is the star on that offensive line. He has been four years um, and Jimmy Garoppolo does need time, needs to be protected. The run game needs openings. I mean, you know, we've had uh, Jet, Jet McKinnon out for the season again. Tevin Coleman is missing time. Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert played great the other day. I mean, really just fantastic. Yeah. They had over a hundred yards. But and part of that is the offensive line. So be interesting to see how the 49ers respond. Um, it was reported they brought Sam Young in today to work out uh, as an offensive tackle. As of now, it looks like Justin School will replace Joe Staley. He is a rookie, and he will have the benefit of being kind of coached up by Joe Staley, obviously. But it's going to be an adjustment for the line. I still think the 49ers are legit. I still think they're going to do well. But that will – Definitely be a hit. They head home to Levi Stadium this week to take on the 0-2 Pittsburgh Steelers. As we mentioned earlier, they did lose Ben Roethlisberger for the season. Something I'm interested to see, I'm sure you are too, Steph. How is Levi Stadium going to be? This is the first time in a long time mm-hmm. where there's true excitement around this team. Coming home, 2-0. I imagine the atmosphere is going to be very different than we've seen basically since that opening Monday night game against the Bears in 2014. Uh, and it will be – oh, that was a sad, sad state of affairs. And that was really the beginning of the end of so many things. But but moving on, <laughs> onward and upward, it'll be interesting to see what Levi Stadium is this week. I expect it to kind of be rocking, for lack of a better term, which makes me sound like I'm 90. But it really – I do expect it to be that kind of atmosphere. So that's going to be fun to watch. But, you know, look out for those Niners. This defense is reminiscent yeah. of those early Harbaugh years. And I think this is actually a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows how brutal the 49ers defense were in those years that they should have, in my opinion, won the Super Bowl. 
Like, and it's not just that, like even Staley, just his locker room presence, everything, it's, it's going to all really come down to this. And I really hope that the fans, because I do think the fans have been remiss. I mean, it's really hard to go out there in the heat and do all this stuff, but it's even harder for the actual football players all in their pads and go out and do it. So I fear, I hope, I mean, I really hope that they give something to their players. And I think that this is the time. I mean, maybe this is when, you know, Levi Stadium actually finds its own. Yep. Speaking of fans that have had a rough go, uh, those poor Browns fans. And last night, last night on Monday Night Football, the Browns dominated the Jets. Granted, it was the Jets who have their quarterback out with mono, which is odd. Their quarterback out with mono, dealing with injuries. But in week one, the Browns looked like, wait, what happened to the, the hyped up Browns? And they looked much, much better last night. OBJ had some pretty awesome catches. And I – Yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry, go ahead. I even forgot I said I even forgot that OBJ was on the Browns for a minute, and then I see these catches. I'm like, oh, hello, <laughs> you know, oh, they're yeah. so great. So <laughs> there they are. There's that Odell Beckham Jr. that we know and love. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I'm hoping that the Baker Mayfield OBJ connection ends up being a good one. I hope for their fans that the Browns are contenders, that they're relevant in December. I think there's a lot of potential on that team, and those poor, long-suffering Cleveland fans. I mean. It would be nice for them. It really would. So I'm going to go to the Browns. Um, however, the Browns, of course, are in the AFC with a, with those those pesky New England Patriots. Not your favorite, oh, yeah. I know. However, <laughs> on both sides of the ball, I mean, the defense could potentially be better than the offense. Like, no one was talking about that really defense in the offseason. I mean, they're incredible. They haven't allowed a touchdown in two weeks. That's pretty awesome. It's it's amazing, and the way they're playing on D, it's you know it's stunning because they're I don't even know if they've allowed a touchdown. I'd have to check the notes, but they have not. Yeah, and then and then on top of that, you know, you have Josh Jones, which I saw on his um, you know, his when he did was interviewed, and I I kind of paid attention because you know he's had a Josh Jones, I don't know Josh Josh Gordon, right. Oh, sorry, Josh. Yes, Josh Jordan. He's had such a hard three, four years here, you know, in the NFL. And he comes out and he gives like such an articulate interview. It was so good. And I was like, he looks good. And when I say he looks good, I mean, he, he looks sober. So that was something that really stuck out to me, and I'm pulling for the kid. Well, and when we had Steve Weich on last week, he said that Josh Gordon is a once-in-a-generation talent, and I believe that 100% to be true. And I think the thing with the with addiction is it's a disease. It is a sickness, and people yeah. will make fun of it, and people will poo-poo it, but it is truly a disease. And you have a guy like Josh Gordon who's so incredibly talented, who has everything to stay clean for, and he still struggles, which I think really drives that point home. But he is in the best situation for him. And no matter what people say about the Patriots, they really are going to take care of him and give him every potential to succeed. So it was really great to see him have such a great day, a great day on Sunday, 
We saw the beginning of the Antonio Brown era. He had also a really great day on Sunday, which is no surprise because he is Antonio Brown and his quarterback is Tom Brady. He, of course, is dealing with a civil lawsuit against him, um, alleging three counts of sexual assault in 2017, 2018. So that is being investigated, but he had a, a good day on the field. I'm sure Patriots fans are thrilled with that. And that brings us to Fangirl Says, who's hot and who's not. No surprise here. I am picking the San Francisco 49ers as my who's hot. That defense looks fantastic. The self-proclaimed hot boys on defense look fantastic. Jimmy G was massively improved. They are hot. Who's not for me is going to be or are going to be the Miami Dolphins. I know it's obvious, but they're about as cold as can be. And I'll tell you who I really feel bad for is Josh Rosen, who I just feel has not been put in a position to succeed since he started in the NFL. It's been very unfortunate, but those are my who's not and who's hot and who's not. Steph, who are yours? I'm I'm fangirling too. I definitely am picking Menchu to be the one that was hot. I know it wasn't always perfect. He did have that strip sack, but it wasn't necessarily his fault on that. He did come back, and that last drive was literally amazing. He didn't win the game, but he put his team in position to do it and scored a touchdown in the last, whatever, 30 seconds that they decided to not go for the field goal and go for, you know, OT, they decided to go for the two-point conversion. That being said, I still think that he is very hot and he handled his team under pressure for a rookie 23-year-old. Definitely hot. Um, The who's not is definitely (laughs) Jalen Ramsey when he calls the city trash and he calls, and I'm paraphrasing here, um, the team trash, the coaching trash, and he calls everyone trash. Um, yeah, you're not hot anymore. Like, I had your back, Jalen, and don't call us trash. You're not. Yeah, hot. not hot. It is. It's. It's not cool, and yeah. literally and figuratively, not cool. And with that, we will be wrapping up this week's Fangirl Playbook. We will talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and write a review for a chance to win Fangirl merchandise. Just screenshot your review in your Instagram story. Tag at Fangirl Sports Network. Hashtag Fangirl Playbook. We will talk to you later. Goodbye, all.